Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? Going well. Been a slow week around the seminaries this week, I'm guessing? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Graduation so. tends to do that, I guess. I, I had a few people at other seminaries I was trying to get in touch with this week, had a couple that I couldn't because uh, everybody's kind of out and about and they've you know, uh, I, I know some folks from Midwestern are up in uh, New England this week as well uh, with yes. their uh, Baptist history, like New England Baptist history tour. I saw a bunch of pictures from the Haystack Monument that we've yeah, heard so much I about the last too. couple of years. So saw that too. Um, I, I know a lot of the seminary guys, you know, into the semester, kind of getting a, a few minutes to catch their breath before uh, things get hot and heavy in Phoenix. Emphasis on the hot. Yes, very much so. It's kind of a nice time, um, this little stretch because you get a chance to catch your breath after graduation is over. Um, the students, you know, are, are gone, maybe have a couple of summer intensives, but for the most part, not a lot of activity on campus. Um, and, and we've got, you know, about a three week window before we are really pushing it, you know, to, to, to get to the SBC. And so, uh, for us, you know, we're shipping a lot of things. So our deadline for shipment was uh, a few days ago and that was nice we're kind of uh, breathing a little bit because we've gotten a lot of stuff sent on the road already uh, and now we're two weeks away yeah oh golly that's crazy so um yeah but i'm looking forward to it it's gonna be fun so everything's on its way i know i was wrapping up some things for some uh, event giveaways at phoenix so I, I did that this week and those are all on their way so i'm looking forward to it had a had a brief chat with Keith and Kristen Getty. Well, actually, just Keith Getty this week. Uh, he was here at the building, and we, we talked about the the set list for the Lifeway breakfast. So still room for that if anybody uh, is interested in that. Amy, I guess the uh, the Southeastern breakfast also, some still room for the women's leadership the breakfast. The women's leadership breakfast. Yeah, we're, get, we're getting there, but we've got spaces left. So All right. Well, if you're interested in either one of those breakfasts on Tuesday or Wednesday, be sure to sign up for those quickly. I know space is filling up as well. Uh, Dr. Rayner is going to be at the Midwestern lunch on Tuesday before the church conference, so be sure to check that out, or you get the B21 lunch I think uh, Amy will be at. And then uh, the NAM lunch and then the IMB dinner on Monday, those are close to selling out. Uh, we heard from IMB this week, and they're they're really close to their 1,300 limit. So uh, be sure yep. to jump in on those and get everything in order for phoenix don't be showing up in phoenix and, and not having your uh your tickets to eat i guess uh amy and i were talking this week it, it looks like we're going to be eating a lot of catered food from convention centers i know it seems like as my schedule fills up i've got more events on there than i do my restaurant stops so i'm gonna have to get my fill on the weekend before yes. things really get started yep well we got we got a good dinner that we'll be going to on saturday night too so uh, that, that'll be a fun one. So, all right. Well, Looking forward to it. Before we jump into this week's episode, we want to thank once again our sponsor for this week, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and Boyce College. If you're interested in Christian college or seminary, you can swing by the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and Boyce College booth. That's booth 1231 while you're in Phoenix for the SBC, or you can find out more information at sbts.edu slash sbc. If you're not going to be in Phoenix, uh, you can always check out everything they've got going on over at sbts.edu. Be sure to check out their multimedia stuff. They have a lot of uh, podcasts and videos and things like that. Dr. Moeller does some Ask Anything video on Facebook. I really enjoyed one of those this week they did. So uh, check out all the things going on over at sbts.edu. Click around, check on the uh, the, the multimedia, Dr. Moeller's podcast, uh, 
What's the name of that thing? The Briefing. So uh, the daily podcast from him on the Christian worldview. So a lot going on from our friends over at Southern. All right, let's jump into this week's episode. Big news coming out of uh, Mississippi as it relates to a former Maryland, Delaware exec who has filed a suit against a Southern Baptist entity based in Atlanta. We go to Aberdeen, Mississippi, Amy, where NAM has responded to the lawsuit brought against them from Will McCraney, the former Baptist Convention of Maryland, Delaware executive. In the response, Nam claimed McRaney's seeking to unfairly enrich himself and demanded in a letter to Nam that they pay him $7.7 million in damages. Among other claims in the Nam response, Nam denied that it published any defamatory statement against McCraney. Uh, they denied it interfered with his speaking engagements after he left Maryland, Delaware, which he had claimed in his suit. Nam acknowledged it situated a photo of McCraney in the reception area at Nam's office in Alpharetta, uh, but they denied that it was uh, causing any additional harm to him. They also denied that he's entitled to any relief whatsoever in this action. So uh, it, uh, they're also arguing that it should be transferred uh, to uh, the district court in northern Georgia where Nam's corporate office is located. So we're just kind of waiting to see on this, Amy. But a lot of news in that. Right. A lot, there's some uh, some more quotes and everything in there. So check out the story of Baptist Press. Yeah, and and just by way of explanation, so the reason that their filing was in Mississippi is because the initial lawsuit was filed in a Mississippi state district, and then Nam requested it that Nam requested that it be moved to a federal district court um, there in northern Mississippi. And now they are um, arguing that if it continues, that it would transfer, as you just said, over to U.S. District Court in northern Georgia. Yeah. And the reason it was in Mississippi to begin with is because that's where one of the speaking engagements he says that he was denied because of NAM's interference. Uh, that's right. where it was located. Right. So just uh, to those listening, I mean, when I see Mississippi, I kind of perk up and I'm like, this doesn't make sense if it's uh, Maryland, Delaware, and Georgia is where Nam is. Um, but this is just kind of kind of how these lawsuits work. There are reasons for certain connections. Uh, so we'll see how those motions go. We'll see if it continues to proceed. If it does, if it goes over, you know, to Georgia. Certainly, this is a story uh, that we will all be tracking. All right, moving on to some news from. Phoenix, or regarding Phoenix, uh, will be there, like you said, in just a couple of weeks, which is crazy to me. Uh, but there's a, a list of some of the cooperative program stage discussions uh, that will be going on. That was released this past week, and uh, those will all be broadcast in the SBC mobile app and TalkCP.com. They'll have the complete schedule of the panel discussions. Amy, you and I will be leading two of these. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. We're going to have uh, one on adoption and foster care uh, mm -hmm. with... Uh, Kevin Ezell, Russell Moore, and I think Sandra Wisdom Martin, and then also uh, went on uh, the report from the Women's Advisory Council with, uh, I believe, uh, Rhonda Kelly and Dr. Frank Page, and uh, maybe a couple of other people that we can get up there uh, looking into that as well. And speaking of the Advisory Council report, uh, there is a story about that in Baptist Press down there. Amy, uh, thoughts on the response and some of the, the notes that were highlighted in this? Yeah, so this is very interesting. I'm really looking forward to having that conversation to learn more and then um, for more of the findings to kind of get uh, to be published. So that that's going to be great to see those results. We get a few things in the um, in the Baptist Press story. I was excited to see that more than 3,600 women responded to the survey. You know, a lot of us were really passing that around back when it came out sharing the link and trying to get um, 
our friends to, to yeah, fill it out. We talked about it here on the so, podcast. Yep. So it's really great. We represented all 50 states. And the largest group of respondents were people under age 35. So that's great. It gives a real picture of sort of what younger women are thinking. Um, some of the trends that uh, we that we see, and we'll have the Baptist Press story in the show notes, more than four out of five churches have organized ministry specifically for women, but less than 10% have a full-time church staff position for women's ministries. So that's that's very telling. Now, I know that a lot of our churches are small churches, and so a lot of them don't have a full-time church staff position for a lot of the ministries that they do. Um, but still, that's very interesting. Also, it says over one third of the respondents serve in a lay leadership role in some type of ministry to women, um, while 3.68% uh, served in a paid role in ministry to women, uh, full or part time. Also, about, about almost 25% have received specific leadership training uh, for work with women through leadership conferences, Lifeway Women's Leadership Forum, which I've been to, um, or WMU. And then I love this number that nearly 83% of women uh, said their churches offer Bible studies specifically for women. And 81% said their church hosts special events specifically um, for women. But fewer than three out of 10 women said their church provides evangelism or discipleship training specifically for women. So I thought that was very interesting. Um, they have... They're going to address four questions. Yeah, in I was going to get your thoughts on that, Amy, especially the last yeah. one. So I'm going to ask you that question. I just want to get your thoughts on the last question. What recommendations okay. should be made to the executive committee for consideration to increase involvement of women in biblically appropriate ways in Southern Baptist life? That's a good question, Jonathan. So I know I think it's, there it's are one of the fours that they have. <laughs> yes. Um, so what's your answer? Well, my first answer is a very just the simple one that says, "Ask us to do stuff." Oh, that that sounds simple. Yeah. But I know, I mean, if I were writing the report, I would go a little um, more I think that would be, that would make that. more of a, that would make more of a statement, though, if that was the the only answer. <laughs> Ask us to do stuff. Five words, <laughs> you know, mic drop. Boom. Well, I'll say this. I know um, I'm one who has been, has gotten the opportunity to be involved in Southern Baptist life, and I have benefited from it greatly. You asked, and you have done stuff. And I'm enjoying the opportunity to continue. I know some other women as well who have gotten the opportunity to do some things, serve on some committees or to help in certain ways. And there are a lot of us who work uh, in uh, denominational employment. These are great opportunities. Um, there are a number of ways that women can serve. And uh, there are a number of women out there with just incredible gifts. And so I think, I think out of the blocks, that's a, I, I like that answer to say, um, a way to increase involvement is to ask, um, is yeah. to ask us to participate. I think there probably are some uh, going deeper and, and thinking about some of the various ways that people can participate, certainly. Now, on the flip side, um, I'm one that's always pushing for, specifically with younger people, with more uh, pushing for more engagement. I think I would say to uh, younger women out there, uh, we need to step up to do things. And so uh, we need to be willing to serve and we need to be finding areas in which we can serve Southern Baptists yeah. with our gifts. In those biblically so appropriate ways. Yeah. So and there's it, a it lot of those. Ways. Yes. 
other questions that they're going to address, what ministry, what ministries, training and resources are provided for Southern Baptist women, what evangelistic methods and resources are effective in reaching women with the gospel, and what additional support is needed by women across the convention. So uh, very excited about this. And the council is going to present their final report to uh, Dr. Page uh, in the exhibit hall on June 12th. After we grill Rhonda Kelly for No, I'm kidding. <laughs> We would not do that. Uh, but yeah, we do have a, an interview with Dr. Page and Dr. Kelly right before that presentation. So, uh, looking forward to that. That, that's going to be a fun time. So, uh, be I'm great to talk to them. To and that. I'm looking forward to the findings of that too. That's something we've been really waiting with bated breath for. So we talked about how we're leading up to Phoenix. We're about 21 days out. It says, uh, Dr. Gaines has asked that a fast begin. And we, we kind of missed this because it came out after. We had Dr. Gaines on the podcast right. last week and, uh, and, and didn't know about it until after we had recorded and after we'd released the show. Uh, but the fast began on May 23rd this past week and will lead all the way up to June 12th, the day preceding the, the day preceding the annual meeting. That'd be that Monday. Uh, but a 21 day fast, Dr. Gaines has called for, uh, and he has, uh, talked about, you know, it doesn't have to be uh, a food fast. It could be that you eat. Uh, less than normal or only drink water or something like that, or maybe one meal per day for 21 days or fast from a technology. Amy, I think you called that Baptist Lent uh, at one point uh, in the past. I remember that. That's, that's uh that sounds like that though. So, uh, but if you're uh, from, uh, from all that we've seen from Dr. Gaines over the past year, this is, this should not be a surprise. He has uh, made a big emphasis. He talked about it last week on the podcast for prayer, fasting and soul winning. Uh, so I, I'm, encouraged by this and uh, looking forward to uh, seeing the results next month in June. Yes, uh, me as I am as well. All right. And then uh, also kind of tying into this, uh, there was an, there was an article this week, Amy, about something called the Southern Baptist prayer link leadership team. Uh, and they have a new logo and some initiatives like that. And I, I texted you about this. I did not know about prayer link and neither did you. No, I didn't, but I'm very glad to know yes, about it. Yes, I'm happy I'm to sure know about is, it. Yeah, and that's probably part of the, you know, the new logo and kind of rebrand, uh, getting it out there. Maybe if I saw the old this, brand, I would know what it was. This is great stuff. These are prayer coordinators from Southern Baptist Entities, the WMU State Conventions, and Southern Baptist Ethnic and Language Fellowships. Now, there are a lot of these groups out there, like... um at the seminaries, there's a kind of an informal, um, but maybe a little more than, in, you know, maybe a little more than just an informal connection of uh, evangelism professors. And they get together and they have, you know, really think on um, on issues of evangelism among Southern Baptists. And so there are these little groups. I'm just using them as an example. There are these little groups everywhere. This is a great thing, though, for these prayer coordinators to be coming together. And it looks like with this new logo, they're kind of coming, stepping up in a bit of a more public way. So very excited to see uh, what they are doing. All right. Some sad news, though, from the Southern Baptist Convention. A former president of New Orleans and former president of the Baptist Sunday School Board, now known as Lifeway, Grady Cawthon, passed away this past week. He was 96 years old. Uh, the uh, passed away at his retirement home in Ridgeland, Mississippi, buried uh, earlier this week in Tennessee. I know many people know uh, the name Grady Coffin because of just contributions um, through the years. And so he was president uh, at Oklahoma Baptist as well. Yeah. And I actually didn't know that. 
Yeah. That's, he should just be President Grady Cawthon because he was like president of everything. President of everything. Yes. Yes. Um, state convention. Well, chief executive of a state convention, um, OBU, and two Southern Baptist entities. That's kind of... Has anybody else been president SEC of two entities. Southern Baptist entities? We probably have to think about um, that for a while. Paige Patterson. Paige Patterson. That's right. Two seminaries. Southeastern. But this was a seminary and a non-seminary. So I'm not saying it's better. I'm just saying it's just different. It's hmm. two different areas of, of the world. You know. Yeah. And uh, that's you a know, good question. We'll have to research that. And Dr. Patterson was president of a college as well. So because he was yes. president at Chriswell. Yes, that's right. My alma um, mater. That, we'll have to research that. Now we have some other people that served a lot. So like E. Y. Mullins was associate secretary of the IMB, then he was president of Southern Seminary, and then he was president of the SBC. He's helped start the Baptist World Alliance and was president of that. So we've had people that have served in a lot of different areas. We'll have to think if there's anyone besides Grady Cawthon who did that. Um, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, uh, we do have though some good news yeah. coming out of Alaska. Yeah, Jimmy Stewart uh, has recovered um, well from his uh, burns. He had, a, you remember, we talked about this on the podcast in July of 2016, a gas leak explosion at his rural Alaskan cabin left him with 77% of his body covered in third degree burns. Uh, but he is, he's back. So he, yeah, he's, he's doing you know, really well. speaking and he, there's a picture of, uh, a picture of him uh, at his daughter's wedding, uh, back in December of 2016. So it, this was just a, a really good news, uh, coming out of there. I know a lot of people have been impacted by the life of Jimmy Stewart up there in Alaska and, and elsewhere as well. Um, so this was just a really encouraging story to see. And, uh, you know, we wish him all the best as he continues to recover from those uh, burns. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that was that was a very scary story and just really happy to see good things coming from that. And moving down to Louisville, final stories here for the week over at our sponsor uh, seminary, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. John David Wilsey and Tyler Whitman will be joining the faculty there. Wilsey comes from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, where he was the associate director of the Land Center for Cultural Engagement. He'll be joining as an associate professor of church history. And Whitman, uh, who will be joining as an assistant professor of Christian theology, uh, recently served as a resident theologian at Trinity Baptist Church in Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, So uh, his first kind of big seminary gig here in the States, it looks like. He was was, uh, over in uh, Oxford. He was the Earhart yeah. Scholar in Oxford. That sounds important. Uh, yes. Is it, it is. important? Okay. Anytime it you is. get like blank scholar at Oxford, that's right. a big deal. It's important. Yeah. Yes. Um, he. Also, I don't know a lot about his, seminaries, but I know that. That's correct. He got his PhD in divinity at uh, University of St Andrews in Scotland. Uh, that's where Christian George went. And now John Wilsey got his PhD at Southeastern. Oh, there you and, go. And um, connected to a lot of folks here. Everyone was very excited uh, about this news here. Really proud of him, and uh, this is this is good stuff. They've uh, they've got a couple of great great scholars uh, to add to their faculty. And speaking of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, they celebrated the 20 year mark of the Seminary Wives Institute uh, a few weeks ago. Had a big gala there on the campus at Southern. And uh, Amy, you are a former member of the Seminary Wives. Is a member? Um, what, what would student. that be? Student, I guess. I was a student. You were yes, a student at a the student. Seminary Wives was- Institute. I was a student in the Seminary Wives Institute, um, and this was just exciting. I had some friends who went to this event, um, saw some pictures. I, I heard it was just an incredible evening. Um, it's a great story in Baptist Press uh, about it. 
and I really benefited from it. I can't even count how many classes I took. Um, did you graduate? I, I did not. I did not graduate. 309 uh, students have graduated in 20 years. Yeah. Including 14 yeah. this year. But I, but I took probably eight to 10 classes. I took a lot of classes in it. And, and I, I kind of chose, some of us took some different paths because they had a lot of electives. And so uh, in order to complete the certificate, um, it, it was, you know, it was a, a core and a, a path, but there was also the option that you could just kind of sign up for classes. And I sort of took the route of taking lots of different ones that sort of interested me. And uh, yeah, probably also had to work around the schedule because you had young kids and you also had uh, the full-time right. gig there at the seminary. You were, you know, assistant to Dr. Aiken and others. Right. Now, this this is funny. I remember you could always tell the difference because Seminary Wives Institute was full of, uh, you know, newlyweds, um, young moms, all ages were in there. And so a lot of us were, um, were pretty young and, uh, we, we worked all week, several people full time at the seminary. Most of us newly married. We didn't have any kids. And then there were a lot of, um, moms who were at home with their kids who were in uh, SWI as well. It was a great time for us to kind of connect with each other. That was a, a good, uh, a good opportunity, but you could always tell the difference between us in class because those of us who had been at work all week were wearing like our sweats because we were, uh, we were tired. And when we got out, we just wanted to be able to totally dress down. And then the ones who were at home uh, all week, this was like their night to kind of, you know, their one get chance out. to get out. And yeah. They, yeah. This is their time to get out. And so you could always see uh, the difference in that. But man, we just kind of all mixed together. And I made some great friends through that as well. And I, I love seeing in this story, it talked about the notable um, SWI faculty who helped set the foundation for that program. Yep. And Tanya York. Um, Tanya York. I took her for marriage and family. Um, she was the first person that I watched and said, if that's what a pastor's wife is, then I think I, I want to do that. And I wasn't, uh, she, she presented in a way that you, she, you saw how much she loved the role and, uh, was not intimidating in any way. Um, and I said, okay, I, I'm ready to walk down this road. So I actually, when I became a pastor's wife, she was a huge example for me. And, uh, Dodie Ware is listed there. I took her class, um, and uh, that was on, I think, Embracing Femininity, um, Catherine Magnuson on public speaking. She was phenomenal. And Jalen Cook was my pastor's wife. And uh, I took her class on mentoring. So it was kind of neat just reading it and remembering um, the the incredible and, and taking her her class on mentoring when she was kind of a mentor to me um, was just really special. So this was neat. I was celebrating even as I read this story. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our news this week. That'll jump us into our interview this week with Nate Milliken on All Things Phoenix. Joining us this week on the podcast is Nate Milliken. He's the pastor at Foothills Baptist Church in Phoenix, Arizona. He's going to be talking with us today about Phoenix, uh, maybe some things to do, some places to eat, some things to see out there uh, for the annual meeting next month. Uh, Nate, thanks for joining us, man. Good to be here, John. Thanks for having me, my friend. I have been guaranteed by the executive committee that you're in charge of the weather and that it will be cool and not 100 degrees out there. That is a lie from Dr. Frank Page. Do not believe that. It's going to be hot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're kind of, uh, I think, resigned to that fact. 
but you know it, it's going to be hot. But for the most part, we will be indoors, and there's air conditioning. That's right. So uh, that's right. Everybody, you know, the convention hotels down there, right by the convention center, the Sheraton. That's where I'm staying. I know a lot of people are staying there. Uh, our friend Matt Crawford, he's coming in. He's a, a CP catalyst. We'll talk about that in a minute. You're one of those as well for the West region. Right. Uh, but uh, he'll be there. He's staying there. So uh, a lot of people be in and around that area specifically. So talk to us maybe some, some things to do in that area, some places to eat maybe down there, and then, and then we'll we'll hit on the other parts of Phoenix uh, for those that may have rental cars or want to grab an Uber or something. Yeah, so you've got, you know, Jonathan, we, we did a little video of Freddie T.Y. Yep, who's we the, got it in uh, the podcast. Okay. Awesome. Fantastic. So you've got the Arrogant Butcher, which is a, a fantastic little restaurant that's, I think, uh, two and a half blocks from where guys and gals will be right in that area. There's four or five fantastic restaurants that uh, from Asian cuisine to typical American cuisine, Italian cuisine, you've got potbelly sandwiches and so uh, a Mexican restaurant. So you've got some great uh, restaurants right there within walking distance um, from um, the convention center. All right. Uh, what about coffee down there? Any, any, you know, fancy good coffee places? Yeah. So we've got, you know, you can find your typical Starbucks, but if you're looking for, maybe if you're a coffee aficionado, we've got a place called cartel that's again, about two and a half blocks. And so if you put in cartel, C A R T E L, um, that's a, that's a great place. They've got several locations, one really close right next door. They've also got another drip coffee juice bar, that you could go to. They close fairly early because uh, a lot of their business is tied to um, the businesses down there that close at four, five, six. So I think they close at five o'clock on a Monday, on a Tuesday. But those are two great restaurants, uh, particularly uh, coffee shops that'll serve you well. All right, cool. And uh, yeah, and that's something that Amy had mentioned. She had ran into trying to eat late dinners and things like that downtown you might run into some issues there. Yeah, you know, a lot of those restaurants service the people that are, uh, you know, are commuting into downtown Phoenix. So if you're going to want to uh, go for a late night meal, you know, there's several things that go on in the convention, 5, 5.30, 6.30. And yeah. by the time you're walking out, it's, you know, the sun's setting probably 7.15, 7.30. You're going to have to probably get an Uber, get in your car, rental car, and uh, go a little bit beyond the downtown city limits. Um, so there's some, what are some places for that? Yeah, so one of the, one of the places I would highly encourage you is, is maybe a little bit, it's probably about 15, 18 minutes. There's a, a Scottsdale Tortilla Factory. It's a fantastic place, a really cool ambiance. They've got the misters outside, uh, Tex-Mex cuisine. And so out primarily outdoor seating and they have a large venue. So that's a, that, that's a great place. Downtown Scottsdale affords you a lot of really cool restaurants, uh, mom and pop shops that have kind of stood the test of time over the years. Um, you can go to downtown Tempe again. That's another place. Uh, another, uh, the culinary dropout is a restaurant. You've got Eric and butcher. You've got some restaurants down there in downtown Tempe. That's really, when you think city life, probably not necessarily downtown Phoenix, other than when the Diamondbacks and the Phoenix yeah. Suns are in Phoenix Suns, sorry to say, have been uh, an abysmal failure for quite some time. Ever since the Charles Barkley days, we haven't seen really any limelight of postseason. But hey, 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 what about Stoudemire? He was there. He's that's that's true. Stoudemire, sorry, not to hate on him. So I'm not a true Phoenician, so I don't know my my Phoenix sports as well as you do, my friend. But uh, you're probably going to go to downtown Tempe. They've got a great uh, nightlife with a lot of restaurants that that'll uh, be open. 
past some of the restaurants that yeah, would be probably a down. pretty good college feel over there. Yeah, yeah. And Arizona State is the the largest university. I mean, you're talking about nine almost ninety thousand students on campus, and then even with their ex- their extension campuses, they've got over a hundred thousand people. So it is wow. a very prominent, you know, collegey uh, feel to it. But um, yeah, there people flock to downtown Tempe. It's really got a lot of a great uh, nightlife options down there. And then up in the Glendale area, that's where the uh, crossover big event on Sunday night is happening. Right. Uh, right. You know, at University of Phoenix Stadium, you know, the host, uh, the home of the, the Cardinals and, you know, the motocross is up there as well right. at, at the big stadium. So um, in that area, I'm sure there's all kind of stuff up there in, in, in Glendale. And even right there on campus where the Arizona um, Cardinals play, they've got a, a multitude of restaurants right there that um, people who are going to be there for. Um, the you know the service of Greg Laurie Sunday night and even Monday Tuesday is not going to be that far probably fifteen to twenty five minutes from downtown okay. maybe a little further depending that's upon closer traffic. than I thought that's good yeah yeah so um, there might be some people listening say oh it's not that you know not that uh, close but you know listen if it's seventy I'm going probably eighty don't tell anybody so you probably get there a little <laughs> quicker than what most people can so yeah so now we we've talked restaurants what about some uh some things to do, some things to see. I mean, we, everybody talks about the Grand Canyon out there. I mean, you've got, uh, but there's there's a lot more. You know, you've got Sedona. You know, Johnson, yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I've been here a little less than two years. I had no idea about all of the attractions that Arizona affords. I mean, it's, it's an unbelievably beautiful state. And so the Grand Canyon, I mean, I don't know how many people um, have been to the Grand Canyon. It's one of those things, if you're going to be this close in Phoenix, if you're going to come out maybe a day early, stay a day late, it'd be worth your time. Just For one, just to say, I've been to the Grand Canyon, and it's a pretty spectacular site, um, and there's various entry points that you can go see that. That's that's going to be a that's probably going to be at least a day trip. It's you know you're going to be in the car several hours. Another uh, another day trip would be Sedona. You've got I mean it's, it's the, the hiking, the Red Rock. Um, you've got a place called Slide Rock, where literally a slide has been formed through the canyon, um, where you can slide down. I mean, it's a pretty pretty cool little feature there. They've got cliffs that you can jump off, thirty to forty feet cliffs. Uh, so Sedona is an unbelievably beautiful place. Plus, it'll be ten to fifteen degrees cooler, really? not twenty degrees cooler. And so, if you're gonna, if you want to beat the hundred and twelve degree heat, go to Sedona a little north and get a little reprieve. Yeah, get the ninety two degree heat. Yeah, I know ninety. Yeah, but ninety two here is like you know it's with with low humidity. It's, it's still ninety two. Yeah, it's still ninety two. That's true. It's a dry heat, and if you if you want a dollar for every time somebody says that, you'll you'll do well. And if you gave it to the CP, you would you probably be leading your church with how many times you'll see that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, hiking is a big thing here. It's a very outdoorsy culture, and so you've got Piestua Pike, a mountain that's one that's the largest mountain. That's a great uh, trail to hike. You've got Camelback. It's kind of like the the featured hike, um, if you if you've got time, you know, put on some some shorts and some hiking boots or or some tennis shoes, and and that's that that'll give you kind of a and a take trip hydration to the city, yeah. All right, so that's the uh, that's kind of the lay of the land of Phoenix. I we appreciate you filling us in on some of those. I'm I've got to find that cartel coffee now. Um, yeah, so I, I missed that last time I was out there. And they've got one in Tempe, Jonathan, and one. They just opened this one downtown Phoenix, which is 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 great. And so they've got a large seating area as well outside. And so you can grab a buddy or two. And yeah, because I want to sit outside in the day and drink you know, coffee. Got, well, outside of the restaurant, but inside. So we're going to work that air conditioning over like a champ. But uh, you know, the D backs, the D backs are in town Saturday night as well Sunday. And so if you're in town early, go see them. They're yep. doing well. And, yeah. 
All right. Well, now we, we mentioned at the top of the interview that you are one of the CP catalysts. You're the West Region CP catalyst. We've had the Southeast Region CP catalyst, Matt Crawford, on the podcast as well. Just tell us how that's going and you know the ability that you have out there on the Western side to, to kind of connect with pastors and, and other church planners. I know you're a church planner in the, in the Sin City of Phoenix. We've had Whitney Clayton on the podcast as well, who's a, a fellow church planner in the Phoenix area. So just kind of give us uh, just an update on what Nate Milliken's up to these days. Yeah, well, you know, Matt Crawford is the poster child for the Talk CP because he's such a stud. He wanted me to say that. He he struggles in terms of self-esteem, so I want to give him a little bit of a shout-out. But, you know, they, they created these positions for us really to engage with younger guys. And, you know, we hear this a lot. It's one of our values at our church, Foothills Baptist Church, Better Together. You know, something that we want to corporately kind of be immersed in and see manifested in the life of our church. And so we just we understand that we really can do more together uh, than we can alone. And so we're trying to connect with younger guys that might be engaged, but maybe not to the extent that they could be or even should be with kind of the mission and the ministry of life. And um, we're seeing kind of a resurgence of even some, you know, non-SBC, see what God's doing in and through our denomination and people being intrigued by that. So, I'm, I'm responsible to connect with guys in the West. And so we, we did an event at the SIN conference with North American Mission Board in February at Long Beach. And so we had about 80 guys in the room that spent some time with Drs. Page and Orge. And we just, it was kind of like a listening session, a Q&A. Hey, just anything's on the table. Had some really good, robust discussion, some honest discussion. Um, and even afterwards, some sidebar conversations where guys who are really new to the SBC or are trying to figure out who who is this SBC, what are they about? We've got um, an event in June that we're doing where we're trying to connect with um, guys in particularly uh, Phoenix area and some people who are coming in. We're doing a debrief with Drs. Moeller, Page, Dr. David Johnson, the executive director of Arizona, and Dr. Zane Pratt. And they're going to do a debrief of the convention and kind of highlights and then do a QA and a just to create forums where brotherhood can happen. Out West, it's just, uh, you know, I re- I'm regularly asked, so, you know, what denomination are you? And I always say Jesus first, Southern Baptist second. And it's kind of an unknown entity. You're not going with the Great Commission Baptist uh, moniker there? We, we are. We talk about that. Come on, man. Don't hate on me. Don't put me on the spot. So, uh, yeah, we do that, of course. Of course, a true, true Baptist who's committed to the Great Commission surgeon so um we you know one of the things that we talk about is is that uh you know people aren't alone i talk to the guy one of the guys who's a church planner city view church jeremy similar he's a stud he's a great guy one of the fastest growing churches in phoenix and and he's expressed and i've even identified with this is that there's there's just the loneliness that maybe isn't quite as prominent in the Midwest and in the South. And so we want to continually talk about not being alone, that no matter where you find yourself, no matter where God has called you, as part of the SPC family, you're not alone. And there's a brotherhood, there's a camaraderie that we offer, not just with all the entity heads and the resources and the equipping and training, and that's all wonderful and amazing, and God's shown us so much favor, but the brotherhood. I mean, ministry is hard, it's difficult. And so um, we're trying to keep people connected and tethered and create forms where guys can be, um, you know, established, gospel-centered, vulnerable, transparent, authentic friendships. And we're seeing some good momentum there and excited about that opportunity. Okay, so Nate, I appreciate all the information. If there was one thing that you could say while you're in Phoenix, don't miss this, what would that be? I would say, I mean, personally, I've got a lot of friends that work for the North American Mission Board. It's been pretty amazing being on the outside, seeing 
such a massive entity have such a significant gospel-centered culture change like uh, they've had and continually are seeing. So I, I always love the Send Luncheon. They're always rolling out some new initiative. They're talking about what God's doing. So I would say uh, don't miss that. Uh, I believe that's on Monday at lunch. So if you've not registered, really make it a point to register because that's always one of those luncheons where people say, hey, you, hey, were you there? And if you weren't, you're going to miss out. And it's a, it's a great time. So make plans to be at that. All right. Paid endorsement from Kevin Ezell right there. Uh, on, <laughs> all right. Well, Nate, hey, man, I appreciate you taking the time. Thanks again. We look forward to seeing you next month in Phoenix. Thanks, Jonathan. All right. Thanks for that. And uh, this has got me excited to get there. Yeah. And you were right about things closing, Amy. Things close early. I told you. The problem is we get done late and everybody's gone out of downtown. The place is closed. So I told you, Lizette and I walked and walked and walked and could not find anywhere to eat dinner. Well, I'm sorry. This year, you've, you've got great. all your meals planned for you, basically. So Yes, that's right. And the yeah. one place we did find was Hard Rock Cafe. So I'll, uh, I'll head back there. Oh, okay. All right. Well, also, we have a uh, link in the show and the, the video that Nate talked about in the interview, and as well as the link. Uh, Freddie T. Wyatt has uh, sent us a link to uh, basically his inside tips, and he's got a lot of information here. So I'm going to share that link. There's a lot of information on things to do. There's a Phoenix Zoo. Amy, if you want to go stand outside in the heat and look at animals, your, your kids may like that. But there is three water parks in the area. I know Drew and Mary may enjoy that. So oh, I'll check those out. All right. Well, uh, check those out. Check out the link. Check out the video. And thanks again to Nate Milliken for joining us uh, for the interview there and giving us kind of the lowdown on Phoenix and everything he's got going out there uh, with his church. And that's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. Well, as I said last week, May is the month to start looking at things that happened at SBC annual meetings because a lot of years we had them in this month. Um, so I want to go to 1966, and I don't have a lot of details about this, but this jumped out at me actually a long time ago when I was researching um, for another week, and I happened to see the release. Um, so it's a February 28th release of the program, what the program would be um, for the pastor's conference. And uh, I was just kind of fascinated. They expected more than 10,000 Baptists. Uh, to attend their pastor's conference. It, they called it the annual preaching emphasis meeting. And the major address wow. in the Monday night session was Paul Harvey from wow. ABC. That's amazing. I loved that. I was so excited. I'm a huge fan of Paul Harvey. And this kind of gives insight into um, that the uh, nerd level that I uh, have achieved uh, is not anything recent. I listened to Paul Harvey on my way to high school every morning uh, while everyone else was listening to like pop music. I was listening to Paul Harvey um, deliver the news and I can even do an impression of him if if no. asked, but I'm not going to do that right now. Yeah. And then I, I had all of his books, the rest of the story, everything just, just loved it. Um, so I was, so excited. So he was the Monday night session. Other ones though, um, uh, they, W.A. Criswell was going to deliver the major address at the close of the Tuesday morning session entitled preaching the gospel behind the iron curtain. That was a very interesting title to me. Um, and then, uh, Herschel Hobbs is on there. Uh, Clark Pinnock from who was at new Orleans uh, seminary at the time. 
and Roy Fish, who everyone knows uh, for his focus on evangelism. So there were uh, several other speakers. So I then went looking, and it's very interesting. 1966 was not a year where Baptist Press did a ton of coverage of that meeting. Was it Detroit? Yeah, I guess so. I I couldn't find anything. Now, I did see... But they got 10,000 people to Detroit, Amy. I'm just going to throw that out there. I know. So here's what I saw, though. I'm going to give you a project. Um, I've put a link in there to the February release, but then I've also put uh, that it looks like the audio reels from that meeting are across the street from you. Oh, all right. You should go see if you can find them. (sighs) Because I want to hear Paul Harvey's address to Southern Baptist. But you're not here. Can't you, like, record it or something? You don't, like, call you up and say, here, hold the phone up to the the speaker? I don't know. I've got to think creatively. But anyway, it's accessible where we could go and listen to it. I would love to know what Paul Harvey said to Southern Baptist. Oh, that's fascinating. If anyone out there has any other, you know, a transcript of it or anything like that, this, it would just be really interesting. And and it's interesting to think about this, that, you know, because of, because the SBC must keep such meticulous records um, just because of who we are, we've got all the annuals. But a lot of things have gone on at pastor's conferences through the years um, and particular messages, and many of them are lost to history. So uh, very, very interested we should go uh, through that. So, Anyway, Paul Harvey addressed Southern Baptists in 1966, this week in SBC history. That's really cool. And that, Jonathan, is the rest of the story. Oh, well played, well played, well played. All right, that'll move us to, uh, speaking of the rest of the story, how about the rest of the podcast here? Uh, We've got uh, resources of the week. My resource of the week is Removing the Stain of Racism by Jarvis Williams and Kevin Jones. Jarvis and Kevin are uh, professors up at Boyce College and the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary up in Louisville, uh, talking about racism. There's a great video. I'm going to put the video for this uh, that Matt Hall and those guys did up here uh, on racism in the SBC. A fantastic video. I, have, have you seen that, haven't you? I know they played it at the yes. uh, the National Conference last year for the URLC. Yes. Phenomenal yes. video. So I'm going to put that in there as well. Amy, your resource of the week is? Uh, it's the CSB Study Bible. Oh, so I, I got just, one of those just uh, yesterday. Yep. I just got this. It arrived today. Um, and, uh, this is, you know, just part of how B&H is making the transfer over to the CSB. And, uh, it, I loved my HCSB study Bible. So I'm very excited uh, to have this as well. And, um, I have the hardback version. It's great. I'm seeing color pictures in here, just everything really well done. Uh, kudos to B&H for the readability of all these versions of the CSB. Really, uh, the design is really great. So, right. uh, anyway, that is out, and uh, definitely check it out. All right, sounds good. Well, thanks again for joining us this week. Thanks again to Nate Milliken for uh, being with us and giving us the lowdown on Phoenix, and for Freddie T for helping us out with that, sending that link over and, and putting all this information together over in Phoenix uh, for everybody going to the annual meeting. And uh, remember, the, uh, the fast started this week. That'll continue through June the 12th. Amy, have a great Memorial Day. I'm headed to Tallahassee next week. And uh, so hopefully you and Keith and the kids have a great Memorial Day. And uh, we'll see you next week. See you next week. 